you could scroll down an Instagram feed and within a minute you've seen six different celebrities and your brain is like, oh, okay, this is what they look like. This is how I'm supposed to look like. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is what my life is supposed to be like. And I feel like it just, it almost became your role model. Welcome to The Confident Podcast with me, Sherry West, and my fearless daughter, Olivia. Season five brings us more conversations with fierce female leaders. We'll be tackling a range of career readiness and leadership topics, ranging from defining your career purpose to leveraging your superpowers, and exploring key questions like, is it okay to cry in the boardroom? Episode three, is social media harming our girls? Welcome, welcome, everyone. Welcome, Olivia. Welcome, Mom. Well, I'm really excited. We're doing something special for today's episode. (laughs) And just to let everyone know, Liv and I have been thinking a lot and talking a lot about social media lately because, of course, the recent CDC report and other research showing that the growing use of social media among teen girls especially has been linked to higher rates of suicide and depression. This The data is actually devastating and sobering. Um, and yes, it is possible that social media can be used for social good, but for many teen girls, it leads to undue pressure, bullying, cyberbullying, body image issues, and more. Um, it's, it's not good. Yeah, it really is. It's devastating. And it's so, I mean, I think that we all had some inkling of this idea that this has been happening, but recent reports have really solidified it as reality. And it really is, it's, it's really upsetting because while we all head to social media for connection, it can also result in an even greater sense of isolation. I know that we are specifically talking about TikTok's new hyper-realistic, bold glamour filter, which is, I mean, it's rightfully raising concerns among mental health experts over the potential impact of like the beatifying digital image effects that that may have on teen girls' well-being. Yeah. I mean, like when I see that bold glamour filter, like the people don't even look- You like- can't tell. Yeah. yeah. And then they take it off and it's like, oh my God, literally what? Like- AI images. Mm-hmm. It's insane. Liv, you're beautiful just the way you are. So but the, the horrifying stat is that I read 90% of teen girls say, say that they filter their social media images because of the pressure they feel mm-hmm. to conform to perceived beauty standards. So basically what this is doing is setting up a duality, right? Like mm-hmm. I have my in real life self and I've got my social media self. And that's, it's just not healthy. Um, yeah. So what are we going to do about it, Liv? Good question. (laughs) So many questions. And to better understand, we decided to assemble a focus group of girls, um, high school and college age, so that we and you, the audience, could hear directly about how social media is affecting girls' mental health. And these girls were amazing, magnificent, brilliant, and most importantly, they were authentic and honest. And I feel like our conversation was mm-hmm. incredibly insightful. Um, so we're going to share that now. And then also um, with the show notes, we're going to include a load of resources for parents and girls to help navigate uh, social media and to really make sure that our, our girls are using it in a more positive, affirming way. 
So let's get into it. Today, I'm so excited to introduce our focus group members, who are four brilliant young women who have generously agreed to share their social media experiences to help others. We have Freya, a high school junior, Ellie, a high school senior, Stav, a college sophomore, and Juliana, a college senior. Welcome to Confident, everyone. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Ooh, this thank is the highest <laughs> high We don't get to, get to talk to one young woman. We get to talk to four all at once. This is amazing. <laughs> thank you all for coming. Very excited. All right, let's just jump into this because we have to unpack a lot of stuff here around social media, and we know that you all are the experts. So we're going to jump in with our first question, and we're going to ask that all of you answer this first one. It's basically, let us know, how do you use social media? Which platforms do you use? How much and how often? And Freya, we'll start with you. Um, I may mostly use Instagram, TikTok, and Snapchat. And I mostly just scroll aimlessly <laughs> on all of them. But I use Snapchat to communicate with my friends a lot. Yeah. I love that. And I think what we're going to be hearing a lot tonight that it varies so much by the generation. As a Generation Xer, I'm like, you communicate through Snapchat? What? <laughs> but thank you. And and Freya, we've got a couple of amazing dialects tonight. Freya, with her British, you'll recognize her voice every time. Ellie, what about you? So same with Freya. I also use definitely Snapchat, Instagram, and TikTok the, TikTok the most. And I would say Instagram is the front runner there every day uh for sure uh and i'd say i regulate my my screen time usage okay but it's definitely easy to get sucked into the black hole that is tiktok especially tiktok is like all or nothing for me either it's not on my phone or it's there and it's it's being used all the time um but i would say that i use uh instagram and tiktok for um awareness and lifestyle and from like inspiration whether that be fashion food recipes wellness uh and then I would use Instagram and Snapchat to connect and I think those two in particular it's really interesting the role that those two platforms have played just in the the college process for me and discovering new people at the school I'm attending so it's been really interesting to see uh the role social media has played through that process Oh, that's very interesting. Um, speaking of college, let's go to our college student, Sav. Um, yeah, so I think definitely I use Instagram and TikTok the most. Um, fun fact, on Monday, I got assigned to be in a no Instagram group for three weeks, and I have not been very successful in sticking to that um, at all. Um, Wait, assigned, by assigned by whom? Assigned by whom? Yes, yeah, so I have a psychology class that I'm taking and we have to do a research for credit. And this was the research that I chose, social media and body image. Um, and I find myself still Googling Instagram on my computer or on my phone because I just can't, like just automatically without a thought, mm -hmm. um, which is a little scary to realize that I'll just mindlessly type it to look for it on my phone. Um, and then Snapchat, I used to use more frequently when I was in high school and then stopped. But as soon as I came to college, everyone was like, oh my God, what's your Snapchat? Like, oh, right, so I'm downloading I, it. This is, 
fascinating that you have a research project to give up social media for three weeks. At the end, I want the answer of would it be harder to give up food, sleep, or social media? <laughs> Let me know okay. after you're done with this research project. I will. <laughs> Juliana, what about you? I'm similar to Sav. I mainly use Instagram and TikTok, but I use them in two totally different ways. For me, TikTok is more entertainment. Like I'm on there just to witness what's happening. Every once in a while, I'll post something, but not often. Whereas Instagram, I'm super active on there. I've been a big activist since I was like 10 years old. And so I'm always posting stuff about what's going on in the world, the issues people should be talking about. I keep it real. I keep it honest. So I'm very loud and proud on Instagram. I love it. And I love all of you kind of laying the groundwork there because it's a fact that humans are social creatures and we learn through social interaction, but it's interesting because Instagram was launched in 2010. So the fact is that none of you know your social lives without social media. And so mm. it plays such an integral role. So let's, let's deep down, dive deeper into that. Um, Liv, you want to take it away? Yeah. So kind of starting, um, on a more sobering or heavy part, have you guys ever experienced any sort of cyberbullying or harassment on social media? And if so, how did you handle it? Because it's definitely present, but have you guys ever experienced any of that? Um, yeah, I have experienced cyberbullying and harassment when I was, I think, middle school, I'd want to say around the ages like 10 to 13. It was very common at my school. Um, a lot of the times kids would target people that weren't you know in the, the popular group or were posting things where um I don't know I had a one friend that really liked my chemical romance and they got bullied for being in then greater commas emo um so I've seen my friends be bullied online and my, like myself um whether that's a rude comment or someone posting those anonymous Q&A like put anything in and you get to hide behind your screen and you get those little jabs at yourself um so I think the way I handled it was really just it was hard at that age because it feels like the whole world's against you but um trying to be aware that these people are also your age and it's just silly yeah I was gonna say I was wondering if anyone was gonna bring up those anonymous Q&A things because those were definitely a thing um from my middle and high school and I remember those things were brutal, man. I was just like, this is insane. This is horrible. I love that you brought that up, Sav, because I purposefully didn't use those because I knew how brutal, brutal they were. I I personally was never cyberbullied, but I witnessed a lot of other people get cyberbullied. And it was, you know, when we figured out how we could hide behind a screen and not have our names attached, people just went in and you know to very disrespectful degrees as well so yeah those anonymous boxes I think the main intention was to be where you can you know like ask your crush out and them not know it's you and stuff like that but they definitely got used for evil unfortunately yeah Ellie and I think the reason why I feel like a lot of my friends have been uh protected I guess is because from social from cyberbullying in particular is because I think that the apps that we're 
most present on. I have no idea what Q&A thing you guys are talking about, but I know, uh, you know, there's some security because on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok, you kind of know who you're dealing with. So, you know, people aren't going out of their way. People that you know aren't going out of their way to actively harass you or bully you. But I think the danger is when you have an app like Yik Yak, where it is anonymous, that's where it gets really dangerous, I think, because people are, like you guys said, 10 times more relentless. I think that's where it gets a little dicier out there, for sure. Yeah. And it is just, it's so upsetting to witness how easily people will take advantage of the fact that you can't see who they are. Um, to just really, again, like say the meanest, like most unnecessary things, just because they can. Yeah, and just extending on that, um, the next question is, what role do you think that social media plays in shaping your sense of identity and self-esteem? Social media played an insanely huge role for me. Like you had mentioned, social media came about in 2010. So I was nine years old when that happened. And so I grew up in the social media era. You had social media and were established on it before you even graduated middle school. And you're immediately consuming that content. We all were super into being very present on social media. You know, we had labels for every single day, Man Crush Monday, Throwback Thursday. So we were on there all the time. And I think, unfortunately, unconsciously, we didn't realize how even though we were following our friends and getting to talk to them, that also following, you know, the celebrities in this world, the influencers in this world, we were, our brain was being shaped into showing us who we should be, what that standard of beauty was. And social media for sure, I feel like ingrained that in me. You know, our parents, they had magazines. So that's where they say that came from, looking at all the amazing supermodels. For us, you could scroll down an Instagram feed and within a minute, you've seen six different celebrities and your brain is like, oh, okay, this is what they look like. This is how I'm supposed to look like. This is how I'm supposed to act. This is what my life is supposed to be like. And I feel like it just, it almost became your role model. Like social media became your role model and was teaching you how to go about life and how to be the perfect woman. Uh, even though, you know, now we know that we were getting very mixed and damaging messages, but when you're 12, 13, 14, you don't, you barely know yourself, let alone know what these influences have on you. Wow. Juliana, that was, uh, that was, that was a lot. That was amazing. Um, and just to put it in comparison, you mentioned the magazines, because as a Gen Xer, I grew up with 17 magazine running to my mailbox once a month, I'd read it cover to cover in 24 hours and then it's done, right? It's done until the next month. Whereas you with social media, it's constant. It's never ending. It's like you said, scrolling nonstop and being surrounded by, you know, what we now know are really toxic messages and images for teen girls. Um, Ellie, you wanted to add to that? Yeah, absolutely. I think that there's definitely... A sort of negative influence that social media can play um, on both your self-identity and self-esteem, especially in such develop developmental ages, uh, like Juliana mentioned. Uh, and I think that 
for me personally, and I see it with friends too and people close to me, it's so easy to play into this consumer culture. You know, you're always being presented with the latest wellness trends, fashion trends, makeup. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, mom, like I need to run to Sephora to get X, Y, Z. I need to buy this new thing for this reason. Um, And so it's really easy to just constantly feel like you're lacking in some way, whether that be physically or whether that be, you know, you're not keeping up with the trends. So can be very exhausting for sure. But I think speaking to the more positive role, I've seen social media play um, in constructing self-identity and also self-esteem. Obviously, there's that dopamine hit that they talk about in health class after posting when the comments roll in and you're getting, you know, positive feedback. Uh, and I think in terms of identity too, um, I'm a singer. And so I have a lot of friends who are singers and they've definitely utilized social media as a creative outlet. And I see all these photography accounts and arts accounts. So I think uh, social media can be a really positive way for people to explore their interests uh, in the way of producing content and putting it out there, uh, exploring it in that way, uh, but also tailoring their feed so that they're you know encouraging and fostering said interests. Like for me, I think of food and, you know, cooking as one of those particular interests that has grown exponentially with all these access to a million different recipes and all this information about food and wellness that I've gotten super into. And that's been a super fun element of social media for me. So just speaking to the more, the more positive side I've seen of it for sure. Yeah, I think both, both of those aspects of social media that you mentioned are so important because you're right. It does a lot of the times come down to how you curate your feed. It's how, you know, you find find creators um, that are producing stuff that you enjoy and that you want to learn from. Absolutely. It's not, yeah. And it's not necessarily finding the ones that are going to bring you down. Mm-hmm. So I personally, um, some of you know this, I hate Instagram. I really, I don't have a good reason to do it. I just never really got into it. And it just feels, you know, too late. It feels like whenever I go on Instagram, I am looking at like these highlight reels of people's lives. And that's just not something that I want to start doing, which is just a personal choice. And like, I love Instagram for the people who do love it. And I think it's a great way to uh, put yourself out there and um, really find interest in people. I just, you know, never found that pressure to be something that I wanted to do. So I was really curious, how do you guys feel about presenting like a quote unquote perfect image on social media and does it put pressure on you? Um, Yeah, so like like I was talking to you earlier about this, the fun little fact that I found um, where people's brains, their visual cortex actually gets more excited when they get more likes or when they're looking at a post that has more likes versus when it's not as popular. And I think that just the fact that our brain scans like show differences even when it's like kids are growing up and people they, there are studies that show that people kids that are on social media more show that they're more sensitive to social anxiety when they grow up just shows like how powerful of a role social media has in shaping our identity and in making us who we are and obtaining this perfect image um and something that like I've struggled with being like why did that post get more than that post and I remember when I was younger, I used to only post photos of like my back or like my face was not involved at all. Um, and then all of a sudden I posted a photo of my face and that got like 200 more likes. And I was like, what's going on over here? Didn't continue posting a photo of my face. But um, 
that was 13 year old me. Um, it was a, a really interesting thing to see that people wanted to see your face, but also they want to see your face to a certain extent. You know, if you don't look good, they don't really want to see it or they might screenshot it, send it to your friends. Um, I've personally had to like recently make my Instagram account public for an application to for my college's abroad program where they're looking for global correspondents. And there's this new feature where you can see insights. You can see who shared your post and who saved it. Um, and I, I'm not going to lie. I will look at every single one to see how many times people have shared it or saved it. And it's a, it's a really like jarring experience to know that you're being spoken about. But like you are also subconsciously aware of that every time you post it. And it really does put more pressure on you to be like, what am I putting out there? Let me check it. Will people like it? And I think that that's kind of the unhealthy part of social media. Yeah, for sure. And that's so true. I mean, I I do post sometimes, mostly because my friends uh, encourage me to. Um, and even I, like, I really don't care. And even I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I getting likes? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, like, I, I'm going to hide that like count because I don't want my brain to be, like, thinking like that. It is just so interesting to see how it's not even on purpose, but that's just what our minds, like, think immediately. Exactly. Yeah. And, and snap, snap. Oh, it's like sorry. the professionalization of girlhood, right? It's like girl, yeah. it's like what happened to social media for you know just for fun. I'm you're not getting paid to to post, right? But yeah, yet, but yet somehow from a peer standpoint, you're getting measured on how successful your posts are, which is just a crazy, crazy thought. Yeah, Freya. Yeah, I think that the perfect image is such a toxic thing that everyone like girls in, on social media are obsessed with but it's something that what is the perfect image and what are you trying to like almost like look up to and bring yourself to look like because there's nothing to like it, it's a box that no one can fit into because it's not real but it's something that's so scary and people are so scared of other people's judgment that it stops people from like posting the gorgeous pictures but they won't because they think they don't fit in the box yeah that's a really you could just drop your mic now drop what what is the perfect image because it's the perfect image out there the kardashians they're not real right they're photoshopped and filtered and yeah drop drop the mic come on let's see it Yeah, I mean, that that's so true, right? And I, I know that I like now see a rise of influencers who are trying to like deconstruct that uh, perfect image because they, they show that it is really so many filters. It's so much editing. It's the right angles and the right shadows. And you could look one way in one photo, but look completely different in the, the other. And it is re- just really interesting to think about. Okay, just moving on. I'm finding this conversation so incredibly insightful. Um, next question is, how do you decide what content to share? Because I've been told that you know teen girls may spend hours doing photo shoots and then photoshopping and filtering and and then deciding and curating and editing. Um, so how do you decide and how does it come into play in terms of considering how others might perceive your content when you post? Are you posting for you or other people? I got lucky in that at some point in the beginning of my social media journey, 
I found influencers who were really big into being real and making sure that if anything was used, it was disclaimed, but most times they were not the ones to use filters or to pretend that their life was perfect. How that happened, I honestly think it was pure luck, but that really helped me because I am very intentional about how I use social media and how I post on my social media, especially knowing that I have a lot of girls and women younger than me who follow me and who watch my every move. I'm really big on not using filters. I don't use filters, whether it's on my story, whether it's on my feed, I don't use them. And I just really try to think about how what I'm posting is going to impact other people. Because at the end of the day, we're so much bigger than ourselves. And, you know, there's somebody in the corner looking up to you who's too afraid to tell you that they're watching your every move, but they're so inspired by what you're doing. And you have to think about those people and think about how people are perceiving you. So I feel like when it comes to perception, I don't think so much about, oh my gosh, are they going to think I'm beautiful and my body is perfect? I'm thinking, how is my post going to affect their mental health? Like, are they going to look at my post and completely spiral? Or are they going to look at my post like the one I posted the other day with my slept in mascara and my pajama shirt and think, oh my gosh, like, I can't believe she put that on her feet. Like, you know, it's such a real post. That's so cool. I can do that too. And so I think that's what I really think about when it comes to posting. I just want my page to be a safe space, both for me and for other girls. I feel like it heals my inner adolescent by being the page that I didn't see growing up. Yeah, wait, I I just want to say I love that too, because you said, Juliana said earlier that social media is the role model now. And I thought that was so insightful. And I mean, it's good on you for your now you're the role model for social media. And I think that's amazing. Thank you. Ellie, you want to add in? Yeah, so Juliana shared a very mature perspective um, that I greatly appreciate because you are now my role model <laughs> um, because I, being like full disclosure, I totally feel the pressure to present this perfect image and especially as a senior in high school when you have all these kids, you know, new people following you that don't know who you are, maybe don't really have even a sense of where you're from. And they have only your feeds to make these judgments and form these predispositions about you. And that's, that's very scary. And so, you know, I remember having lots of conversations with my friends saying like, okay, we all have to like build our Instagram feeds uh, to, in order to present that perfect image and to come off uh, the way that we wanted to and create that. Cause it's, it's a first impression now. It's not that first meeting. It's that first, you know, time you follow someone. And I see my friends even like we just went on our senior trip and our entire day felt like in part was planned around when are we going to get the best pictures when is the next photo opportunity when am I going to wear this outfit and when am I going to upload it Um, because there is that constant pressure to present that on your feed and so it's really easy to lose focus on what's important and even like this whole make Instagram casual movement what does casual look like? I feel like a lot of the times it has to be comical too. So 
that pressure is real. And I appreciate people like you who are actively, you know, thwarting it. And those are the people that I need to be following on my feed in order to avoid that pressure. But I think the first step is acknowledging that it's there and that it's present, um, but that it doesn't need, need to feel so heavy. Thank you for sharing that, Ellie. So honestly, thank you. Yeah, that's that's so real because I remember that. I remember going through that. That was yeah. so stressful. <laughs> yeah. As someone who doesn't really didn't really have like a social media presence, like I had Instagram and everything. I had maybe a post or two. I remember people were like, "Oh my god, you need to post," and I was like, "I need to post." I was yeah. Like, I was actually talking I met Sav um, over social media. I was talking yeah. to her recently. I was like why did you talk to me? I had no post. You were really scary. I'm not going to lie. My I parents know, thought like, you were a man. Like, <laughs> what, what were you doing? It is, it is, it's crazy how social media, especially in the college time is that first impression, mm-hmm. but Hey, it worked out for me and sad. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, and just on to our last question, we've talked about some of the negative sides of social media, and we've mentioned some of the positives, but kind of de- delving more into those positives, what advice would you give to other girls who want to use social media in a positive, affirming way? Like, what do you tell them? Or what would you tell your younger self, even? I would probably say just ignore everyone else and just post what you want to post like literally ignore what anyone else thinks if you think like something looks amazing or something is what you believe in post it and if like you agree with something and someone else doesn't just go with it and just be your true self I love that that's so true it's what needs to happen uh, yeah, so I think that another thing, and it's a kind of a, a difficult thing to do, but um, when I was younger, going through the very intense social media pressure stage, it was mainly because of my friends and how they would perceive me or how they wanted to be perceived. And I think an important thing to do is really reflect on the type of people you have in your life, because um, obviously you can be like, you know, I'm just going to post whatever I want, but you're still going to have those thoughts where it's like, oh, will my best friend not like me anymore? Will my partner break up with me um and I think that it's important to acknowledge like are those really the types of people where they want your image to be perfect because it reflects on their image as well that you want to keep in your life that's also really really good advice because that's so true it's I mean you can say you'll do whatever you want but when it's the people closest to you that are criticizing you that's when it really hurts a lot um Ellie did you want to add to it Yeah, definitely. I think that the biggest piece of advice that I would give my younger self um, and any girl too uh, is to, like you mentioned earlier, Olivia, to curate your feed to one that is going to be uplifting and find those accounts and find those influencers that foster and encourage your interests uh, and make you curious about certain things that expand your awareness on issues that you might be passionate about so that you might, if you choose to become an advocate for those issues as well. 
And then in terms of posting, there's two filter. There's really just one filter that my posts go through before um, I share them. It's both my grandmas are following me and so are my church leaders. So just keeping that in mind. That's awesome. Oh yeah. my God. That's like a kickback to like, what would your grandma say? <laughs> I really do. I really do it here too. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, related to that, um, just to wrap up, are there any specific social media influencers that are so positive and uplifting and empowering that you want our audience to know about them? Any shout outs? Freya? I love Melissa Wood. That's, that's the one I would say. I love Yara Shahidi and Kyla, who I actually don't know her last name, but I met her through Live Girl. And oh, she's Kyla, Kyla, Kyla Johns. Yeah. I think I would say uh, Nabella Noor. I'm I hope I'm saying her name correctly. Yes, I love Pockets her. Of Peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's known for Pockets of Peace on TikTok. And she is just the most beautiful soul. Yeah. And when her posts come up, like you can't help but feel joy, positivity and smile. She's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. We'll include that list with the show notes. But Ladies, um, I think this has been incredibly and helpful and insightful. We thank you for bringing your authentic selves to this conversation and being so honest and open. Um, I think it's a really important conversation, and I think it's going to help open a lot of eyes and help a lot of girls. So thank you so much. You're all brilliant, magnificent, amazing, fierce young women, and um, I'm honored to, to know each of you. Thank you so much for having us. It's been an honor. Thank you. Thank you.